Welcome to the Life Church Reno podcast. Here at Life Church, we seek to love God, love others, and make a difference. From wherever you're listening, we pray that this message impacts you. Welcome to Life Church. So glad you're here this Father's Day. If you're joining us online, we're so very glad. And we're in the middle of a series called Questions Jesus Asked. And Jesus was a world class asker of questions, asked so many questions. Last week we talked about this question that Jesus asked a guy. He says, Do you want to be made well? Today we're looking at another incredibly profound, powerful question Jesus asked. He says, Do you believe that I am able to do this? So if you have your Bibles, go over to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew 9 and verse 27. We're gonna catch up right here. It says, as Jesus went on from there. So what has just happened is Jesus has just healed a woman with the issue of blood. He's just raised a little girl from the dead. It says, as Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, calling out, saying, have mercy on us, son of David. When he had gone indoors, the blind man came to him and he asked them, do you believe that I am able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. Jesus is asking this question of these two blind men. I believe he's asking the same question of us. Do you trust me? Do you believe I'm able to make a difference in your life? Do you believe in me? Really, he's asking this question. What what is the size and what is the health of your faith? And I wanna talk to you today about seven marks of a healthy faith. Here's the first truth. Healthy faith is inspired by what God has already done. So like I said, just right before this, we see this moment where where this woman touches Jesus' clothes, she's healed, and then he raises a little girl from the dead, and then we catch up verse 26. It says, news of this, these healings, this resurrection, news of this spread through all that region. So why were these two blind men hearing that Jesus had come into their town? Why they get up, start following him, start yelling at him? It's because they had been inspired. Their faith had been inspired by what Jesus had already done. And so here's the truth. The more I reflect on God's previous demonstrations of his character and his power, the more my faith will grow. And so there's really a handful of sources as, as we want to reflect on God's character and his power for the purpose of our faith growing, we have a handful of sources. The, the first and the biggest is, is what God has done in scripture. That the same God that parted the Red Sea is involved in my life. And the same God that, that provided manna to, to feed the children of Israel is involved in my life. And the same God that fed the 5,000 and the same God that raised Lazarus from the dead, that as I look at God's character and power in Scripture, it inspires and grows my faith. And so we look to Scripture for faith inspiration. We, we look to the history of God's people uh, throughout history, the history of the church. It's incredibly powerful reading about God's activity in the lives of people following Jesus before us. 
Stories like the story of George Mueller, who, who uh, took care of orphans in England, and many, many orphans, and just, he, he, in his writings, he just talks about story after story after story of how God would just miraculously provide in just the right moment to accomplish his purpose to care for these little children. And so as we read stories of God's activity, his character and his power through history, it can inspire and grow my own faith. And then we think about God's, your experience of God's faithfulness in your own life. As we keep a, a, a record of that, I was in Africa about 10 years ago. Uh, Life Church was able to help build a, an orphanage in Kenya, and I was out visiting and was with this, one of the godliest people I've ever known in my life, this sweet lady known as Grandma Rachel. She was an American lady who, who uh, was just living off of her social security, and she realized that just the meager social security that she was receiving could fund her life as a missionary in Kenya taking care of orphans. She was making her, her golden years count in an incredibly inspiring way. And, and so I was spending time with her, and, and then she was just talking about just the time after time where God had shown himself powerful and faithful in the mission work there in Kenya. And then she, she, she referred to these things as her faith account. She had a little journal that she would just keep just a, a list, a, a, a recording in writing of, of God showing himself powerful and faithful. And, and what it did is it, it was, she referred to it as her faith account. It built up this deposit of faith in her life that was incredibly powerful. And she was just telling me some of those stories, how there was a, a moment where, where they were just like 100 miles away from any kind of civilization and their car broke down and it wouldn't start and it wouldn't start and it wouldn't start. And then they just all gathered around, prayed for that car, and then it just started, and then they were able to drive and complete their trip. And she said, that, that's something I keep in my faith account. And then I, I just think about God's goodness and faithfulness just to, to Life Church in the last 17 years, that there were moments in the past that where, where Life Church would be in a, a difficult or a complex or a challenging moment where, where God would just come through and, 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 and take us to places we've never been before in a good way. And so now in moments where things feel complex or challenging, there's been even some of that in the last few weeks where I've just thought, oh, this feels so hard, this feels so difficult. But then I just reflect that God has brought us through far more difficult, far more complex things than this. It builds my faith account. And so we are inspired by scripture. We're inspired by history uh, to, to build our faith. We're inspired by the history of God's faithfulness in our own lives. And, and then the experience and faith of others. See, well, that's what we see here in the story of these blind men. And that we, it says that they, they began following Jesus. They began yelling out to Jesus. Then they followed him into a house. And what we know about these blind men is they weren't alone that there were some people, help me, why? Because blind people can't follow someone without some help. So they had some friends or family that, that, were, that were partnering their, the, the faith of these blind men with the faith of their friends and family and coming alongside in their pursuit to follow Jesus. There's something powerful that happens. One of the reasons at Life Church was so passionate that people live life together in life groups, because there's something powerful that happens as, as we live life in community together and share stories of God's activity in our lives that serves the purpose of building up the faith of one another. As I hear how God has showed himself strong and faithful 
in your life, it builds up my faith. And as I shared with you how God has shown himself strong and faithful in my life, it builds up your faith and vice versa. And, all, and, and then we, we begin to partner together in faith. Sometimes we need to borrow some faith. Sometimes we need to partner together in faith. It's like the story that we see of the, the man with the four friends, the paralyzed man that, that wanted to get to Jesus. And then they, these men, they carry this guy uh, across town. They carry him up to the rooftop of this house. They dig out this roof. They lower him down. They probably had to fix the roof on the back end. And here's what Jesus says in Luke chapter five, verse 20. It says, when Jesus saw their faith, not Jesus wasn't just looking at the faith of the guy on the mat. There was a guy on the mat with four friends around him, partnering in faith. That's what these blind guys had. They had some friend or family members partnering with them in faith to help them find Jesus. It says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. Here's the second thing we see. Healthy faith usually leads to obvious action. We see here in verse 27, Jesus went on from there, two blind men. We see they followed him, and they began calling out to him. So Jesus comes into town, they hear word. Hey, the guy that, that healed that lady and raised that little girl from the dead, he's here, he's here in our town, he's walking. And, and so they just begin to just go and follow him with the assistance of some friends. Their faith leads to action. They begin following him, and then now they begin just yelling out to him. Son of David, have mercy on us. I mean, it's weird when you're just like in a crowd and someone just starts yelling at someone, especially something like that. Their faith leads them to the action of following Jesus, yelling out to him, continuing to follow, even when he goes in the house. And so what we see is, is this principle, that, that healthy faith usually leads to obvious action. So what that means is this. If you have faith that God has really forgiven you, it will lead to the action of you forgiving others. If you have faith that God is your defender, it will lead to the action of meekness. You don't need to defend yourself. If you have faith that God is your provider, it will lead to the action of generosity. That you know that, that everything I have comes from God. He, everything, every good thing's a gift from him. He will provide all of my needs according to his, his riches. And so faith that he's my provider will lead to this action of generosity. Faith that God loves your kids more than you do will lead to the action of releasing worry. See, healthy faith usually leads to obvious action. These guys have faith that, that Jesus can be a difference maker in their life. They begin following him physically. They begin yelling out verbally. They keep following him. It takes us to our next point. Healthy faith does not give up easily. We, we, we see this here. It says, then we see that Jesus, when he had gone indoors... The blind men came up to him, and he asked them, do you believe that I am able to do this? See, well, what happens here is they're following him, they're yelling out at him, and then Jesus is not acting like he's hearing them, he's not, he's not responding to them. It would be easy for them to say he's too busy, it'd be easy to say he doesn't care, it'd just be easy to say, well, I guess this isn't our day. But then Jesus appears to go into someone's house or in some place of business, but very, very likely a house. So now Jesus has gone into someone's house and then they like stalk Jesus. Like they're like, oh, I'm just gonna go into this house. It, it's, it's like they are not giving up easily. Healthy faith does not give up easily. 
that they, they, they keep pursuing Jesus. If you've been around Life Church for a while, you, you know uh, uh, about our Carson campus that we are recently uh, acquired. And what you may not know is, is back in uh, 2019, February 2019, there was a church that, uh, that, that had to, to leave that property because of some financial things. And at that point, the leadership of Life Church, we went and we looked at it, at that property, and we're like, man, it feels like maybe God might want us to do something here uh, at some point. And we began to talk with the, the, uh, the bank that owned that property. And, and um, at that time, the, our, our current um, bank that we work with wasn't super excited at that moment about us taking that step because we hadn't even begun building this building yet, or we had just begun. And so our bank had some questions, and, and then as we were trying to like negotiate through all those questions, the uh, Carson City School District came in and had a contract to purchase that property. And, uh, and so then at that moment, I thought, well, I, I, maybe it's just not supposed to happen. And then COVID came, and I was like, I'm so glad that didn't happen. And I was like, yeah, probably, I guess the school district's gonna get it, and we're probably not meant to have it, and, and I'm so glad we, we don't have it, and, and, uh, but in, in the midst of that time, uh, the bronze, uh, Dusty and Christie just continued to have faith that this belief that, that, that God ultimately had a future for Life Church at that property. See, the thing is, healthy faith doesn't give up easily. And I remember they, they were, it was, COVID had started, the school district was buying that property, COVID had started, I was, and, and the bronze are like, hey, we're having a prayer meeting to, to pray that we could still get that property. And, and I was like, yeah, not, I don't wanna go. I was like, I don't think that's gonna happen. I just adopted a bunch of kids. I don't even know if I really even want it to happen. We're in the middle of COVID. I'm not even enjoying the one campus we do have. We can't even meet. And it's like, and I was like, hey, enjoy your prayer meeting. And, uh, and then I get this report. Oh, we had this great prayer meeting. And I felt a little bad about it. But I was like, yeah, I don't think it's gonna happen. Good luck with all that. And, uh, but the bronze kept having faith even when it looked like it wasn't gonna happen. Just like these blind men. That, that were yelling out to Jesus. Jesus isn't even acknowledging, acknowledging, not even talking. They just, but they just keep pursuing even when it doesn't look like it's gonna happen. And, and then what happened is because of COVID, the school district had to pull out a purchase on that property. And then after COVID was over, and in this more recent moment, as our leadership's led, led, felt led of God to move forward, God's just opened the doors wide. But we see this principle that healthy faith does not give up easily. Here's the fourth for truth. Healthy faith invites more of God's activity in our lives. Now, here's what I want you to understand. Sometimes um, God moves powerfully in people's life without an expression of faith. This is a part of what's called common grace. The, the fact that, that God is moving in people's lives even when they don't invite him in, even when they're not even recognizing it. Part of it is, is what's called general revelation, how God is, is constantly revealing himself to people. And, and we see, and then sometimes God moves powerfully in people's lives for some specific purposes. We see, with, even without their own expression of faith. We see a handful of these occasions in, in, in the ministry of Jesus. We see when Jesus was being arrested and, and Peter uh, wanted to, to stop the arrest. And there's this guard, Malchus, who, who Peter cuts off his ear. And then Jesus heals that guy's ear. That guy didn't have any faith in Jesus. That guy was there to arrest Jesus and kill Jesus. But, but God moved powerfully to reveal and demonstrate his 
purposes in that moment and healing Malchus, even though he had no faith of his own. The purpose was because, because Peter and the disciples thought that, that Jesus was, they were hoping he was gonna establish an earthly kingdom. They were hoping that Jesus was gonna overthrow the Roman Empire. They were hoping that Jesus was gonna make Israel great again. And, and, but Jesus is saying, that's not my purpose. I'm here to establish another kingdom. And instead of us killing these soldiers, I'm going to give my life. And so even though Malchus had no faith of his own, to reveal the purposes of God, God still moved powerfully in spite of no faith being present. Sometimes God moves powerfully without faith present for the purpose of revealing himself to people who don't know enough to have faith in him. Last week, we saw with the, the, the man by the pool, and Jesus says, do you want to be made well? That guy didn't recognize Jesus. That guy wasn't looking for Jesus. That guy wasn't seeking after Jesus. That guy didn't even know who Jesus was at that moment, Yet, but he didn't know enough. And so Jesus comes and does this miracle in spite of the fact that he did not have faith in Jesus to do the miracle. We, some, sometimes God will move in power in someone's life in the absence of faith when someone is hurting too much to have their own faith. We see this in the story of the Gadarene demoniac. Who, who, who Jesus sees this man, he's, he's overcome by, so under the control of, of evil, didn't have the capacity of faith, and Jesus comes, casts the demons out of him, puts them into a herd of pigs. Jesus makes a bunch of deviled ham right there, and a <laughs> preacher joke, but not a bad one. That guy didn't have any faith. He wasn't in a situation to express his own faith, but God still moved in spite of his lack of faith. But here's what I want you to understand. Jesus here in this, in this verse and many other places makes it clear that there is a connection between faith and increased activity of God in our lives. Let me show this to you. We see this in um, 9.29, Matthew 9.29. It says, then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. See, Jesus' ministry reveals to us over and over again that God moves far more often as a response to faith than he does without it. The passage right before with the woman and the, with the issue of blood, Matthew 9, 22, it says, Jesus turned and saw her and says, take heart, daughter. He said, your faith has healed you, and the woman was healed at that moment. We see it with the story of the grateful leper, the one of the 10 that came back in Luke 17, 19. He says, then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. We see it in the story of the centurion with the servant that he's seeking that Jesus would heal. It says, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, truly, I tell you, I've not found anyone in Israel with such great faith that centurion knew that Jesus didn't have to be in the proximity of his servant for Jesus to be able to heal him. And Jesus says, I've never seen such great faith. And then skip down to, to verse 12 and 13. He says, then Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done to you just as you believed it would. It's this principle that yes, God does move in people's lives without faith, and, but, but we see that, that our faith and expectancy invites more of God's activity in our life. We see this with Jesus in his hometown where, where people were just looking at Jesus and oh, he's the carpenter's son, he's a nobody, who is he? And then we see then in like verse five or six, it says, a prophet is without honor except in his own town among his relatives and in his own home. And then look here, it's a very power-packed little phrase. He could not do any miracles there 
And then it says, the, the, Mark tells us, except a few miracles, except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. Just small little nothing miracles there. Jokes, whatever. And so uh, then it says, he was amazed at their lack of faith. So we see here in Jesus' hometown that there was less miracles than there would have been the potential for because of their lack of faith. And so here's the principle. If you long for God's activity in your life, increasing your faith and expectancy is a great place to start. Here's the next principle we see. Healthy faith is hard to keep quiet. Throw uh, verse 30 up on the stage for me, up on the screen. It says, and their sight was restored. And then this next little part is fascinating to me. It says, Jesus warned them sternly. See that no one knows about this. But they went out and spread the news about him all over that region. It's just weird for a few reasons. One, it feels like well, Jesus said this to a handful of people after he healed them. He'd heal them, he'd do this great thing, he'd say, hey, don't tell anybody. And they never, they never obeyed. They always told and the thing that's fascinating about this little encounter here is no doubt the people in that village knew about these two blind guys. No doubt the people in that village had seen earlier that morning their friends and family kind of guiding them on their following of Jesus. No doubt they'd seen them being led into this house. And then now they're gonna see them walking around changed. They're going to see the difference. These people could not have kept this quiet if they had wanted to. It's this, and so it's fascinating to me that Jesus would challenge people with this, knowing that they weren't gonna obey, knowing that obedience would be nearly impossible in most occasions, and it's this principle. Healthy faith is hard to keep quiet. And so it, what, these guys had been so changed, they'd experienced this powerful move of God in their life they weren't capable of keeping it quiet even though Jesus had challenged them to it. Here's the next thing, verse, point six. Healthy faith trusts God's heart even when I can't see his hand. See, there's, this, there's, there's some people, the majority of us, go through life without enough faith. There are, are some people on an opposite extreme that embrace some erroneous theology that some might call like the prosperity gospel or the name it and claim it idea that says if I just have enough faith, then God has to do exactly what I want, when I want, how I want. And, and so then what happens is someone's, you know, you, you've got cancer and you, you, say, you ask for prayer and you're believing for prayer and then you don't have your cancer healed and then in the extreme forms of that, what happens is either an implicit or an explicit shame that's formed. Well, it's like, well, yeah, if you just had enough faith, your, your cancer would have been healed and you'd have never, ever died. Everybody dies of something. And, and so most of us live in a world where we could use a whole lot more faith. Some people tend to go to this extreme where they begin to have faith in faith and faith in their own ability to have faith as opposed to faith in God. So what healthy faith does is it trusts God's heart even when we can't see his hand. The greatest beautiful picture of this is seen in Daniel chapter three. We have the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And, and, and they're being commanded to, 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 for, towards idolatry and to worship the king. And, and it says, they reply to King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. 
If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, so the, the, the idea is, is worship the false god or be thrown into the fire. He says, if we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able. Jesus asked the question, do you believe I am able? These guys answer the question and says, and so healthy faith says, I believe he can. They're saying, we believe that the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. Healthy faith says, I am believing he will. Says, he is able to deliver us from it and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. Healthy faith says, I believe God is able. I believe he can. Healthy faith says, I'm believing he will. Healthy faith, let's keep reading here. I love this next four or five, four or five words. But even if he does not, healthy faith says, I believe he can. Healthy faith says, I'm believing he will. But healthy, says, but healthy faith says, but even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your God or worship the image of gold you have set up. So there's this healthy faith says, even when I don't see God's hand, even when things aren't going the way I'm asking for and believing for, I'm going to continue to trust God's heart because he's with me. Because he's demonstrated his, his love for me and Christ dying in my place, we skip down and, and they, so they throw, it, they throw these guys into the fiery furnace and then it, it says, we catch up, verse 24, then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to, to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we, we tied up and threw into the fire? It feels like you're throwing a lot of people in fire if you can't keep count of how many you threw in. It's like, I thought it was three. Was it more? They replied, Certainly, your majesty, it was three. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. Listen to the next little phrase, powerful. And the fourth looks like a son of the gods. What we see here is what's called a Christophany. It's when Jesus makes a cameo in the Old Testament. And so it's this principle that I, healthy faith says, says, I believe he's able. I'm believing he will. But even if he does not, I will continue to trust and serve because I know that he's with me and I know that he's demonstrated his heart for me. I love how Tim Keller talks about unanswered prayer. Let me show you this quote. He says, we can be sure that our prayers are answered precisely in the way we would want them to be answered if we knew Everything God knows. That's, you know, when, when, that's what we're saying when we sing that song earlier that says that, that we know that he'll never let us down. What we're saying is we, we know that we'll never, he'll never let us down if we knew everything that he knows. That, that, that through his lens, he's working for our good. And even when we don't see his hand in the way we want or when we want, we can trust his heart knowing that he's able, we're believing he will, but even if he doesn't, we're gonna continue to trust him. Here's the last thing and we're done. Healthy faith affects every this in your life. Jesus says to these two blind men, do you believe I am able to do this. Now, they'd never spelled out to Jesus what their need was. They were in a situation where, where their need was fairly obvious to most, what seemed to be their pressing need, their, their blindness, but they never spelled it out. 
They, they just said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. He knew what their most pressing need was. He knows what your most pressing need is. What is your biggest this? When Jesus says, do you believe that I am able to do this? What is your biggest this? What is the thing in your life you are most burdened by? What is that thing at night you're thinking about before you go to sleep? And then when you wake up in the morning, you're thinking about it. When you're, when you're having a little break at work, your mind goes to this. What is the greatest burden in your life? For these people, the greatest burden they were aware of was their, their physical blindness. What would make you so desperate that if you heard Jesus was walking down South Meadows Parkway, that you would, would get down there as fast as you could and begin following him the best that you could and then begin yelling out at him like a crazy person, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Everyone's now looking at you like you're a crazy person. He goes inside someone's house and you're like, I don't know those folks and I hope they don't have a gun, but here it goes, I'm going inside. Like what is such a compelling need in your life that, that, that it's your this, that, that Jesus is asking you, do you believe I'm able to do this? Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's been a decade since you've enjoyed your marriage. Maybe you guys are both just kind of hanging in there for the kids or just because you just said you would hang in, but, but there has, it hadn't been fun and it hadn't felt like connection. It just felt like roommates for as long as you can remember. Maybe you just got some bad news from the doctor and it's your health and you're thinking all the time, is it gonna be okay? Is it not gonna be okay? That is your biggest this. Maybe it's finances. Maybe you've got a child that's making choices you wish they wouldn't and you just can't stop thinking about the direction they're headed and, and if Jesus showed up, you'd say, son of, son of David, have mercy on me and have mercy on my kid. It's the thing that is your greatest burden. Maybe it's a friend that, that's far from Jesus. What is the this? And the question is that Jesus asks these guys and the question Jesus asks us is do you believe I'm able to do this. And we each have an honest answer. And depending on the answer, there's, there's one of two responses. There's two responses and, uh, to the question and, and then two different action steps. And so if in the area of your greatest need, your greatest burden, you'd say, you know what, I do believe he's able. And I'm believing he will. But even if he doesn't, I'm gonna continue to love and trust him and believe. If, if that's you, then, then I would just encourage you just to continue to pray in faith for that greatest area of need in your life, your this, whatever it might be. And even when it doesn't go as fast as you want, keep praying. And don't let obstacles just cause you to stop praying and believing. But if your honest answer, if, if your honest answer is that you don't really have faith, that he's able to do this, if you don't really have faith and that, 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 that he's able and that he's going to, then, then the thing is, your this becomes that. Your this becomes, God, my greatest need is faith. My greatest need is faith. Just like we talked about in, that, in our doubt series, sometimes the best prayer we can pray is, Jesus, I believe, but would you help my unbelief? And, and so if, if, you're, if you're great, if you do believe that he's able to meet your greatest need, I'd encourage you to continue in prayer. Uh, every, every week after, after church, we always have our prayer teams available for, uh, to pray for folks, and every week people get prayer. And, and some of you today have a pressing need, 
And just like those blind men manifested a physical expression of their faith by following after Jesus, for some of you, a physical expression might look like getting out of your comfort zone after service and letting some folks that would love to pray for you pray for your greatest need. Others of you, it looks like a greater persistence as you continue to pray and and believe. But if your greatest need is faith, then ask God. The Bible tells us faith is a gift. Begin to meditate on God's power and faithfulness and and his character and and his power that we see in scripture and church history and your own life. Begin to get around people that you know have greater faith than you do and say, hey, would you tell me some stories of how God has moved powerfully in your life that it might inspire my faith. Maybe your greatest need is faith. Maybe your this is that. Let's pray together. So if Jesus were to ask you the question, he asked those two blind men, do you believe I'm able to do this? It's the question he's asking all of us. Maybe even the quietness of your own heart, maybe maybe you just answer, and if the answer of Jesus engaging powerfully in the area of your greatest burden and greatest need, if your answer is, I think I do believe he's able, maybe just confess that to him, just say, God, I, I do believe that you are able to move powerfully, and then just tell them what that is, just the quietness of your heart. I believe you're, you, ha, you are able to resurrect this dead marriage. God, I believe you are able to get a control of my kid's heart and bring him back to his senses like that prodigal son. God, I believe you are powerful to heal this health condition. I believe you are powerful to provide for us financially, whatever that is. If your answer is, I think I do believe he's able, tell him that. But if you'd say, you know what, my greatest need is probably more faith. Just tell him that. Say, God, my greatest need is that I would would believe that you're a God who's able and that I would pray with confidence that you will and that I would continue to trust your heart when I don't see your hand, that even if it doesn't go the way I preferred, even if it doesn't go as fast as I wish, I'm going to continue to trust your heart because you've proven your love for me, Christ dying in my place. So God, would you, would you give me more faith? Would you help me to see your activity in the scripture and your power to move in scripture and history in the lives of others? God, would you help me to see it in my own life? Jesus, would you help my unbelief? So Father, that's our prayer. We thank you that you are a God who desires to be active and moving in our lives and who's active when we see it and who's active when we can. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for listening to the Life Church Reno podcast. Remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this. And you can also find more information at lifechurchreno.com. Blessings to you.